You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with a reseller, stay-at-home dog mom, and she has been collecting since birth, in her own words. Welcome to the show, Jerrica Yasumura. Hi. <laughs> so happy welcome. to be here. <laughs> we are so stoked. We've been we've had this on the books for a little bit, and then we had, of course, as the world reopens, sickness happens. Yes. <laughs> so we're so stoked to have you back on the show. Thank you for sitting down with us today on your yes. Sunday evening. Yes. We're so excited. Um, <laughs> we, I remember, because I have this weird photographic memory. We talked about this earlier today, but I have this thing where some people that follow the show just like stick out in my mind. And okay. you were one of those people when I saw it pop up. I was like, oh, she's got some really cool stuff. I love what she's doing. Oh, thank you. And then, of course, that's I saw awesome. the gardening thing and I was like, in. I was like, and then she people. was like, that's my person. I- <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, I actually really got into gardening during COVID. So I like going into that year, I actually had like huge plans to have my first garden or first house. And my maternal grandmother and my paternal grandfather, they were both huge gardeners. My grandma was more into flowers, my grandpa into vegetables. And Mm -hmm. so that's how I kind of kicked off last year. And now I'm in my new house and we're like, okay, I want to start a garden here. And now I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so like, I've been like busy doing that. And I'm like, God, why didn't I lay down mulch? <laughs> like, I have weeds everywhere. And- <laughs> uh-huh. I know uh, that feeling uh, on a spiritual level. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, rookie mistake. <laughs> and it, it happens. I. Um, when I first started gardening, I garden a lot different than I used to garden. Like I mm-hmm. learned how to garden for my grandfather who was like, either you're going to round up it, you're going to put preen down, and then you're just going to weed the fuck out of it. And <laughs> yeah. now I tend to lean more towards like permaculture gardening and like okay. kind of, which is for those that are, don't have like, my can brain. Can you like um, break that down? That down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So like, permaculture uh... <laughs> gardening is gardening in the way that nature naturally grows things. So like having a heavy mulch layer on top of the soil, which allows for the soil to stay hydrated consistently rather than evaporate, evaporating, mm-hmm. um, planting natural type of plants for pollinators, those types of things, composting, um, not using like harmful pesticides and things like that. I would <laughs> like to put a disclaimer that just because it's organic and a pesticide does not mean that it's just as destructive. Mm-hmm. If it kills, if it kills your enemy, it's going to kill everything in the garden. There's my, so, okay. yeah, when I started, when I first started gardening, it was very much like, you can't have a weed, you can't have anything like that. And now, now you're like, I don't care. I did all I could. Right. But I do. <laughs> and so I do like, it's called no-till gardening. So you just, you don't disturb the soil year to year. Oh, oh see, wow. that's my kind of gardening. Mm-hmm. Which is why Although, I was like, talking about the hollyhocks up front, dropping their flowers. Yeah. And leaving nutrients. Yeah. So next year when I top my bed off with compost, all of that plant matter will decay increasing insect activity which will increase the arity of my soil everybody needs a sam in their life i'm just saying I'm that i'm so sorry <laughs> that i'm this way because 
I probably would kill things left and right if I'll it wasn't you. for you. <laughs> My dahlia is coming back because fertilize it. So Yay! it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it started. I don't do like I if I start to learn about something, I want to know a lot about it. That's Mm-hmm. where the entire curio corner for the show comes from is my own being like I would be listening to something and have to stop and google something. Yeah. I asked my boss who is my aunt at work if I could have an Alexa on my station so I didn't have to stop. <laughs> now oh I just my have Siri. So anyways, what did you did you have you gardened before that or did you just start? Well, I became a homeowner uh within the last few years, I owned my first house for two years and we kind of fixed that up and just bought our forever home. So the first year of us though, living in my first home, like right after we bought that house, my husband proposed to me. So the first full year of us living there, it was like wedding, wedding planning Mm -hmm. was like my main focus. So last year I was like, okay, I don't have anything going on. I'm going to have like a garden. We're going to do landscaping in our yard. And then COVID hit and I was like, well, shit, I have nothing else to do. So (laughs) might as well. Right. um, One of my high school friends, his mom is like a huge plant lady. And she like is a Facebook friend of mine. And like when I first was living on my own, I just said, like I posted a Facebook status once like, all I want for my birthday is house plans for my new apartment. And then she's like, get messages me. And she's like, Oh, I, I can bring some by your, your house. Like, let me know where you live. And she literally showed up with like 30 house plans. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. so she, as soon as I got a house, then she was like, Oh, now you can come out to my gardens and like dig up perennials and stuff. So that was kind of like, my introduction into the plant world and now there was like no turning back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's kind of crazy because I I don't know if like you ladies are into like the metaphysical world at all but this past spring I went to a metaphysical fair here in Des Moines and I had my aura read for the first time and it was of course like orange and gold which is like my favorite colors and it's crazy because I told my husband before we left I was like watch my auras orange like I I don't know I knew it but <laughs> they have like they do your aura reading and then they have you like get your aura read by like an actual psychic I guess or a medium oh, and she was like basically told me that she saw my grandmother in my aura or a female presence and she was gifting me a flower and like it was really crazy because she was like it's not like she's gifting you flowers though. She's trying to explain something to me. And I was like, well, my grandma was like a huge gardener and she loved gardening flowers. Like that was kind of the main thing that she did. And they were like, Oh, okay. It makes sense now. She's wanting to gift you this as a way for like, kind of like emotional support or like it was, she was like saying that it's like a way for me to, like gain confidence in myself and like have that emotional support have kind of like that stress reliever and I was like oh my god because I I feel like that's exactly what gardening has been for me and like um I don't know like there's something about like planting something and especially like perennials or things that come back every year it's like you get excited about it coming back and you're like I did that like I can do this now and I can keep planting more and more because it's like they just keep expanding Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just it's a 
I would say after like thrifting and vintage gardening is probably my second biggest passion. Twins. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm still learning. Twins. I'm like, I, I feel like such a rookie when it comes to it because I'm just kind of like, people will ask me like, holy shit, how's your garden so big already? How do you already have this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like pulled up some grass, laid down compost, <laughs> planted. I water at night. I don't right. know. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Well, it's one of those things like the best way to have a good garden is to be in it frequently. Yeah. And like watch what it's doing and kind of catch mm-hmm. stuff. And that's why yeah. I love gardening is because it's such a rabbit hole because each season mm-hmm. brings something new. Like this year is definitely the best garden year we've had so far because it's been unseasonably warm where we live. Oh, yeah. And so I'm already getting like cucumbers and squash and cherry tomatoes and all of that stuff. And if you ever want any seeds, I'm happy to have a seed party with you and show you everything that I have because it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. A lot means like two photo cases. Like huge. Yeah. My husband the other day, we were cleaning out the garage and he goes, so I have like, it's just, well, whatever. I just have a lot of stuff. And he was in the garage and I had bean plants hanging from last year because there was a seed shortage because of COVID because so many people were gardening for the first time. (laughs) so i was sleeping and i saw these like this pile of what looked like black beans on the the ground and i said oh yeah black those are black beans and he's like what i was like i grew them last year and he's like do do i keep them and i was like no there's more hanging up and then i was like i was like oh sorry like you know the character gilly from saturday night live where she's like yes that's how i feel with gardening I know. That's how I am with all my vintage. My husband will like, is this new? No. It looks new. It's, it's not. Raise your eyeglasses. Like, it's new. Old and then stuff. he'll like flip it. Up. He's like, the price tag is still on it. And I'm like, okay, it's new. <laughs> what happened to telling him he got it from my garage? No, that doesn't work. Throw either. me under the bus, Joe. I know. Cause <laughs> I come home. Every time we do an interview, I swear I come home with something from Sam. And Ethan's like, I feel like she's just getting rid of her garbage and you're just taking it. Ethan. And I was like, well, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Also, we buy for each other. That's right. I'm following you to your house after this. (laughs) Knocking. What is this like? We have gone. Oh, Anyways, that's the story of my obsessive nature. What are you growing this year? Just quickly. What do you what do you got? I've got. Three different kinds of cucumbers, um, watermelon. I let my best friend's nephew, or my be- my nephew, technically my best friend's son, had like a mystery plant from his preschool, Ooh. and it turned out to be pumpkin. So oh, we're excited yeah. about that. Um, and then I have serranos, jalapenos, bell peppers, cherry tomatoes, regular tomatoes, and then like herbs. I think that's it. And then I I, I have like tons of sunflowers out in the garden too, wildflowers. So that's what I've started at my new house so far. Incredible. <laughs> and next year, I'm like already thinking of all the things that I want to do next year, what I want to do differently. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> that sounds like a great lineup. I've started planning Jill's house too, because she's got a new build. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I got to actually start <laughs> buying plants. That's okay. We'll help you. Oh, I'm so. excited for you because it's really gardening is so therapeutic. It's so mm-hmm. lovely. I garden to be closer to my grandpa and I always yeah. grow kohlrabi for my grandpa every year because that was something we grew and ate together and cherry tomatoes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That makes me like almost want to cry. My 
my grandpa always uh, grew kohlrabi too. And my cousin is specifically growing it in her in her garden because of my grandpa. And she's been gardening a little bit longer than I have. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. Oh, what a weird coincidence. <laughs> wow, weird just... coincidence. Yeah. I feel like we need to do a DNA test. We're going to, right. I'll spit in a piece of vintage apothecary and send it your way. I'll find some, sure I have something in my house. <laughs> so I want to talk about like you, it struck me in your questionnaire, how you were saying that you have been collecting since birth. Also same. What, Yeah. who were your biggest influences like growing up collecting? Who was showing you the ropes? Um, you know, it's, I was like talking to my sister too. And I was like, how did we become obsessed with vintage? <laughs> and my, I'm the baby of the family. I have an older brother and an older sister. And my sister is like huge into vintage as well. And she, I remember growing up, I would say she's probably like one of my biggest influences. I just thought she was the coolest ever. So um, that was kind of like her and I bond over vintage but my parents grew up in the 70s and I feel like that was like kind of their their glory days and like I always think about my mom talking about like the summers in the 70s were the best summers of my life and so like back in the 90s when it was like becoming cool again with like that 70s show coming out and like dazed and confused um my parents like loved that when it came out and we would watch like that 70s show every night as a family so we started really like noticing the sets and like what's in the sets and how they're dressing and that was kind of like how I would say we started to really get more so like in the 70s and just mid-century and I wrote in my little questionnaire <laughs> to telling you about how I was in kindergarten and <laughs> I went thrifting with my mom and we found like polyester bell bottom pants and they fit me, but of course they were like too long on me. <laughs> and I, like, I was determined to wear them though. I was like, I want these. And I remember like cutting off like the bottoms enough so they would fit me. And they're like all jagged cuts. <laughs> I'm like a runner in my room trying to cut my pants so I can wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wear it. Well, that you got was the also, safety scissors. That's why they're so. That's dragging. like prime yeah. Spice Girls time too. Like coming yeah. up into that. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, was a big yeah, fan of bells. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that was kind of how it started. Um, also, my grandmother is just like definitely she's definitely a, a hoarder, mm-hmm. but she just has the most eclectic taste like she loves uh, everything cool is like how i i see it like, <laughs> yes. she just like if it's colorful and out there like she is eating it up and i love her her and i'm super close so i feel like she's kind of been a big influence as well like i remember her taking me to garage sales and like the little small town thrift store when i was a kid and those are some of my favorite memories of growing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same. That was as soon as I was old enough to keep my hands in my pocket, my grandma would take me out with her and just, I would just, <laughs> yeah, follow her around the antique store looking at everything. Cause also when you're like that height, the stuff that's at your eye level is not very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're not trying to put the expensive shit at three foot, four foot high. 
Yeah, but if you yeah. dig a little deeper, you always find something. I think that's why I started collecting spoons. Because <laughs> they oh, were yeah. right there in the middle of the showcase. And they were shiny. <laughs> was also, is this a like antique store thing where the floor is always uneven at some point in the antique store? Yes. Oh, I yeah. think that's a requirement. <laughs> right? Like you're not a legit antique store unless you have uneven floors. Right. Some separate levels. And then you have a shelf on one of the edges. So like if somebody grabs something and starts tipping and then you're like, don't know if you're supposed to catch it or if you're supposed to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Terrible game of vintage Jenga. <laughs> and that's the other I... thing. It is vintage Jenga. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to cram so much shit in one little shelf when you have like a whole booth? Because their partners are yelling at them to get it out Spread of the it house. out. Spread it Put out. Put this in your t- booth, please. God, like I went <laughs> one time with my mom and I found a bowl I wanted, but it had like three bowls in it and then it was like on top of a like this tall shelf and like everything was like packed around it and my mom's like do you really really need that i'm like yeah mom i do so sit there (laughs) and make sure i don't drop anything now it's out of spite yeah it is Mm -hmm. so you're one of those brave antiquers because when i see a booth that's like so packed full where like I'm like, I have a big butt. I'm going to turn around and like knock okay. something down. Like, Jinx, pinch, poke, yo, me a Coke. Like, walk in them. As you're saying, going into tight, my brain goes, I'm not, I have a big butt. That in my purse is like a fucking wrecking ball in an See, antique shop. This is why you need a fanny pack when you go anywhere. It doesn't hang in anything. And yes, my butt does touch certain things. And I'm like, this is why I wear overalls. I had a front pocket for incidentals. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, Yeah, but they get hot. It's not too bad. Uneven floors, though. I actually uh, just recently went to a record store in Council Bluffs, Iowa. It's basically like on the border uh, of uh, Omaha. And this record store, I want to say it was called Kane's Collections, and the floor in there just was like a roller coaster. Like I was like, "How is this building standing?" And like, and it's this guy who owns it, and he was so awesome. Like any anything I told him I was looking for, he's like, "Oh yeah," and he'd like go and find it for me right away, and just like start hunting the whole store. Like he's like, "I know where everything's at. You just ask," and I'm just like. <laughs> Like trying to like shimmy through the the rows and like <laughs> watch my stuff because I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna fall through this floor. What's your insurance policy look like? Is this yeah. building cleared for occupancy or like are you just like bunkering down and they're been trying to get you out of here and you're just saying no? No, sorry, I got too much stuff. Can't move floors too uneven. Can't get out of here. Yeah. Sorry. So when so you grew up collecting and then you started to get into like when you get your license and you can like go wherever you want, yes. right? When yeah. <laughs> has your collection kind of stayed like the same theme or has it shifted at all during this time? Um, you know, I feel like I honestly have always really kind of been gravitated towards, of course, like seventies and just like the bohemian seventies. Like I've always loved wicker. I remember as a kid seeing like a peacock chair in the thrift store and like, wanting my mom to buy me it but (laughs) it was like no you don't need that (laughs) (laughs) That, at that time of course too most of the time we're thrifting for like necessity like I grew up 
most of my clothes, if they weren't like clearance clothes from Target, it was from Goodwill and thrift stores. So, mm-hmm. but I would say I'm just, even in recent years, I've kind of just really honed in on what I like. And I don't, it's hard because like everyone sees me and they see it like, oh, she loves boho and she loves like mushroom stuff and 70s stuff. But I <laughs> like each room in my house, I feel like it's like different. Like my bedroom is definitely has like boho touches, but it's like I dubbed it. I wanted it to be like you're staying in an Airbnb by a national park. Like I have like like, a gallery wall that has like different artwork, like a painted uh, painting of a cowboy and then like old photography pictures of like Wyoming mountains and like Joshua tree. And then I have paint by numbers of horses and like mountainscapes mixed in with it. And then like my kitchen is definitely like the seventies Brady Bunch exploded because that <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like what I really love. And I feel like my kitchen or the kitchen is definitely like the heart of the home. Um, but then I also like just random, like, I don't know, like eclectic, random, old, mm-hmm. weird, kitschy things. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe my style because I feel like I don't fit into like one mold. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sense. with you on that one. Anytime <laughs> anybody asks me, they're like, well, what do you collect besides Pyrex? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, anything that catches my eye. Like right now, I've got a bunch of brass and my husband's like, so brass is your thing? I'm like, <laughs> no, they're just cute. Uh-huh, they were cute yeah. little brass elephants. Brass. I couldn't not grab them. But I'm the same way. It's like, I don't have like... A thing. I just like it all. <laughs> I think yeah. your collection too, your like collecting style is sophisticated, like design wise. She oh, picks out you. really great pieces that like her eye for stuff is very good. Where I'm, well, we're both magpie collectors, but <laughs> it's a fucking problem for me. Because yeah. I, I really, like, I'll be like, I'll find a use for anything. You will see, that's what you, I'll get stuff home and I'll be like, why did I? Mm-hmm. And then it sits in the closet for a while. Yeah. <laughs> What's your sale, Where? how do you start your, like, sales? If you go to a estate sale, where do you go first? What's your process? Me? I, <laughs> I don't know if I really have, like, a process. I feel like I just, like go in and I just start scanning everything. I don't feel like I have like a specific room that I try to go for towards first. I feel like this last year it's been like wherever there's less people. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let me dodge these people so I can breathe a little bit and see what's in here. So and, are you like a fast scan, fast move through? Yeah, I would say I definitely am. And even with thrift stores too, like I can go in, especially with like, I mostly buy and sell home decor so I feel like that has been my thing where I'm like okay I can zoom in and out of the store quick for the most part I always have to do that second loop around though make sure I didn't miss anything mm-hmm. but yep <laughs> and sometimes third and fourth okay. round mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the second loop is also when you walk past something you saw previously and you're like all right fuck mm-hmm. it and it's the fuck it pick yeah yeah, yeah. you're like oh okay well we've started like looking for because i also grew up thrifting and stuff for necessity Mm -hmm. so finding stuff used or lightly used for home use Mm -hmm. was always something we did and it wasn't until i got a little bit older that people were like you what and i was like wait what you didn't buy your envelopes at the di 
You're a perfectly good <laughs> yeah. box of envelopes. Yeah. We've started buying, I found, because we send thank you cards and different things, we have our Patreon, and I found mm-hmm. a bunch of vintage stationery that was unopened. Mm-hmm. And I have this, now I have this fun collection of vintage stuff to like pull from. Mm-hmm. To say oh, that's so you. cool though. Yeah, those have been fun. I, I just got an auction box of random stuff that had like, the cutest like gardening themed stationery, and I'm like, oh my god, how can I sell this now? I obviously have to keep this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do you? I always have this interest in like when we interview people and find out that obviously some sellers like curate what they're mm-hmm. putting up. Yeah. Did that come like naturally at the beginning of you starting reselling, or was that like shaped over time? Or how long have you been reselling? I. I have been officially reselling actually four years. I, my four year anniversary was just last week. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And it's funny because when I first started reselling, I thought I would mostly sell clothing. And I I did a lot of clothing and I quickly realized though that that wasn't as fun for me to pick because I am a plus size woman. So like it it's even hard it's hard enough finding clothing for like myself Mm -hmm. and like wanting to also have a wide variety of sizes. And I was noticing too, that my home decor was selling so much better than clothing. So that's why I kind of started gearing more towards home decor. And I started off with just my Etsy shop. And then I was invited to do a pop-up and I had, this is when I like first started and doing that pop-up, no one could believe that it was my first time ever doing an event like that. And I was like, oh, shit, I may be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of started. And it was um, February of 2018 is when I, or 2019 is when I opened my first booth. And I was actually at the Brass Armadillo in Des Moines. And that was just to I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm like collecting all of this stuff, but I'm terrible at actually like listing on Etsy and taking pictures and all of that. And I lived in such a small house. I'm like, I wanted to, to do something. And so I like started calling around like different and the, there's really only like two main antique malls, I would say in Des Moines that I was interested in. And I had called Brass Armadillo at one point and got their pricing. And then I got I called the picker nose, which I'm at now. And I got their pricing, but then I kind of like psyched myself out and I was like, Oh, I'm going to wait. And then, um, my grandmother had passed away in February of 2019. And I was just really inspired by her life story at her funeral because my grandparents, my dad's parents, they were, um, my grandpa was self-employed for many years and my grandma, she was a stay at home mom because my dad's family was so huge, but I never really realized, I guess like until her passing that, Oh yeah. Like my grandpa was self-employed. He did this. Mm -hmm. He just followed whatever he wanted to do, whatever he could to get by. And I don't know, it was just kind of inspiring. It made me think like, I should just take this leap of faith and, open my booth and when I opened my booth I I definitely like I kind of just started with like whatever I had I put in the booth and like whatever I thought people would maybe buy 
I'm going to just stick that into my booth. And I try to like keep it kind of all cohesive, of course. And I feel like now that I've been doing that for two years, I'm more so really curating like my collections. I like to come out with like a collection or like my new refresh is going to be like a certain theme because I'm always picking and I'm like, oh, that'll look cute with this. Oh, that'll look really, that makes sense to like style that with this or someone who wants to buy the soups and stews recipe book <laughs> probably wants this soup mug to go with it. Like, <laughs> right. Just as True. An example they do. Of, like something I bought today. So I think that's really in the last couple of years where my way of selling has evolved. And I just feel that it is keeps me a little bit more creative because I like to really make everything kind of flow together and really have my booth kind of tell a story, not just have it be a bunch of stuff just kind of like thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so. that, I mean, that it makes total sense. And that's such a, mm-hmm. like, as somebody who doesn't have a booth and doesn't resell, like, mm-hmm. like it makes sense when you say it, but when you go mm-hmm. into a booth that's well curated, it is a lot more fun to shop. Yeah. Kind yeah. of knowing what to expect when you're across the antique store. And it's mm-hmm. smart because if you see something together with something, you're like, oh, well, I can't buy one without the other. Yeah. Can't do right. That. Yeah. Because there's so a, that's kind of oh, how my brain works when I'm picking now. I'm like, oh, that that will go great with this. Like, I, I feel like I'm always I have like three or four collections in my mind or like booth resets in my mind. So I'll like buy this random thing and my husband's like oh do you really need to get that or what like you already have several of those but I'm like it's gonna be a collection in my back to school reset Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always have a plan I feel like and I'm so ADHD though where it's like I'll like start one collection or one idea for a booth reset and then I'm like I already have to be planning the next one because I can't just like focus on one thing at a time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Joe's laughing because it's me. <laughs> we all, do yeah. It. It's all. It's like four. It's like the people that spin plates in the like circus. That's mm-hmm. me with ideas. It's just like, oh, okay. Well, this one's going just fine. So we're gonna go look at this one, and we're gonna add it. And to then, oh, we're gonna come back to that uh, one, and oh, oh, this one's. Oh, yeah. got a wobble. Mm-hmm. And yeah, finding Jill. Bless you because I know it's not easy. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks for dealing like, with me. Sometimes. <laughs> I'll be like spitting out different ideas to my friends or my husband and they're like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. And then once I like finally pull it together, they're like, oh yeah, this is really good. I'm like, see, you should have listened to me when I was spitting <laughs> off my millions of ideas. I told you all about this. Yeah. I just have learned <laughs> to just like go with it. But then if there's something that like, I'm like, ooh, I, I put the mom voice on yeah. and I'm like, Ooh, no, we're going to put that off to the side. <laughs> For a minute, mm-hmm. and we'll come back to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we first started, yeah, when we first started the show, I've now saved everything I have to talk to Jill about for Sundays. Sundays <laughs> or Thursdays is when we see each other. Mm-hmm. And before it was like, if I called her, if I call you, it's a big deal. Yeah, I generally don't call you. But at, <laughs> when we first started, it was like I was had so many ideas running <laughs> through my brain. They'd be like, well, "What about?" <laughs> Oh yeah, God yeah. Bless you. So I go to bed early because I like my sleep, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she'll. I used to send text messages at like twelve thirty, one o'clock, 
Like, good God, woman, go to bed. Mm-hmm. So now I'll start them with, I know you're sleeping. This can wait until the morning and you'll send it when I'm not yeah, awake. Yeah, because I get up at 4.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. So then my responses are at like 4.45. Which is nice because then when I wake up, the conversation's done. It's happened. Everything's where it's supposed to yeah, be. it's fine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, awesome. it is. Uh, and it's been it's been fun. Like, too, for the two of us, we've learned a lot since we started the show. And now have started kind of dabbling in reselling just mm-hmm. stuff. Cause we always believe like good vintage should find good people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I love that. Uh, yeah. We're, we have, it's just, if you feel called to it, I'm like, it's not for me, but it's for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's been interesting cause it's hard. Cause with the show, it covers, I mean, every type of vintage and antique. So we come across <laughs> something and you're like, I know somebody that would like that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, it feels like a grab bag of vintage. Oh, yeah. My husband hates it. He hates it so much. He's like, why'd you get that? I'm like, I don't know. Somebody's going to come along and they're going to need this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, who? And I'm like, I don't know. Somebody (laughs) have to wait and see. They're going to love it. It's okay. Does, and it sounds like your honey fully supports your reselling. Yes, he does. And it's so funny because, like, he, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't say he's necessarily a minimalist. I just don't think he is like big on hoarding, I guess, Mm -hmm. compared to me. (laughs) But like he is so funny because he has such little like I would say like five percent of our belongings in our house are his and everything else is mine. But he is like the one on the weekends, like any estate sales going on this weekend? Oh, is there any thrift stores I haven't been to yet? I'm like, <laughs> we can find them. Let's go. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and pull out old handy dandy Facebook here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my dad actually, like this morning, he sent me like a, an estate sale that he saw on Craigslist. And I was like reading the listing to Michael, my husband. And then I was like, well, wait, we got to pull up the pictures though. Then I look at the pictures. I'm like, nah, I don't think we should drive 40 minutes to go to this. And then he's like, well, we we could go to a thrift store. I'm like, you want to go? Okay, let's go. So so I feel like he enables me Mm -hmm. probably now. (laughs) He's like living by proxy. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Munchausen by thrifting or like thrifting by proxy. Thrift thrift housing by proxy. That's what I'm doing to my friends too. What has gotten him out and really into thrifting though is he's like a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And with us (laughs) living in Iowa, like if you're a football fan in Iowa, you either like the Packers, Vikings chiefs or the bears you don't like dallas cowboy stuff is so hard to come by in iowa and like i started finding him like really cool vintage cowboy stuff and then like ever since then he's like you're gonna manifest this for me (laughs) and i'm like okay (laughs) like today for instance i said to him i was like okay we're going to find something Cowboys in here today. And like, I found myself a t-shirt and I'm like, I, I guess, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was like joking with him. I was like, you turned me into a football fan and I turned you into a thrifting fan, but he he's always liked thrifting too. Like he has um, this really cool, like vintage, uh, baseball shirt and it just says good news on it and it's like my favorite shirt that he has and he's like 
probably thrifted it like 20 years ago and we'll never get rid of it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I love a vintage baseball tee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I like I can I can feel you for sure on like the never finding vintage clothing because I'm also plus size and it's just like (laughs) my friends like let's pick through the racks and I'm like there's like two for me and barely that. Yeah. Like I (laughs) I know we always get like the moo moos. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I don't hate. Which I'm I mean, I don't that. hate, I but mm-hmm. but dang, give me some, sh- give me something that mm-hmm. isn't just a sack. <laughs> I did find my friend and I went and dug through this house, and there was a bunch of vintage clothes, and we didn't grab all of it. And there was a pair of pants I wore earlier today, and they're like red gingham elastic polyester, and oh, they wow. are like flared a little bit. And I, she's like, I think these might fit you. And I went in the bedroom, and I come out like legs first, like prancing like a horse. And I'm like, look <laughs> at. My pants. They're vintage and they fit. I was just on cloud nine. Oh my gosh, that's awesome though. Like vintage pants though, like that's mm-hmm. to find plus size plant pants that fit me, that's like a miracle. Right. Yeah, I have I'm more apple shaped. So it's just kind of like my waist is teeny when you get to it. But then you know, yeah. It's just my body, man. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that there's like kind of this like evolution happening in the vintage community of like Mm -hmm. being cognizant of a lot of different things, which feels nice and Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I feel like more and more people are just speaking out about like wanting to have more size inclusive Mm -hmm. products and, I mean, I've even seen people kind of calling out like those super curated vintage shops that just kind of cater to like tiny, tiny people, which I mean, whatever. I mean, if, if that's your niche or if that's what does well for you, I, I'm I, I'm not going to hate on someone for that. But I do think that more and more people need to be size inclusive. Mm-hmm. But it is just so hard finding like good plus well size. Fitting. Because just the history of the fashion industry for plus size women is it's always been hard to find something that's fashionable, that's good quality and that fits you. So mm-hmm. luckily, I those... wish there was more vintage like that out there. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, I think, you know, it's definitely a thing of the past, like going mm-hmm. forward, like late early 2000s to where we are now, mm-hmm. like that trend of not having something that fits everybody well. Oh yeah. Is, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see like what my grandkids are thrifting. They're like, Mom, right. Grandma, look at this vintage Torrid t-shirt. <laughs> That's what I found. <laughs> That's so awesome. My first job ever was working for Torrid when I was 16. <laughs> How was that? It was awesome. I honestly, like looking back now, I'm like, I could not be more thankful that that was my first job I ever had because I feel like it really gave me confidence in myself I feel like before I started working there I was like the girl that would wear a hoodie in the summer because I was so afraid of my arms showing and like I worked for uh, for Torrid for three years and like by the end of that I was like I don't care what like I don't care if my arms are showing like wear a tank top like I'm right now and I don't care right and just I don't know there was something about like helping other women feel empowered too it was it was honestly a great experience working for them and I always think that 
that was the best first job I could have ever had. And it's what gave me my experience in retail and getting to kind of do displays and stuff. They always, I would always be the one that would be like, okay, Jerrica, this Betty, because they call their mannequins Bettys. They're like, this Betty needs to be um, changed into a new outfit. Like, we're going to have you do that. And it was always like my favorite job to do because like I would put together an outfit and then we would like sell out of it wow that weekend and i'd be like okay what can i what should i do next <laughs> which that's of awesome. course that's why you leaned into selling <laughs> clothes first because you were like I yeah know clothes let's start was, here yeah <laughs> i remember I, when we I got was, our torrid it was like we only have had a torrid in our town for like what six years seven years Oh wow! I don't okay. know them all. <laughs> I know me neither. But yeah, it was yeah, it was like life changing. Anytime I went out of town, I was like, I have to go to Torrid because I don't have to yeah. dig to find mm-hmm. shit. But you were saying before, I Google Meets are interesting for cadences and conversation. So continue on <laughs> your thought before I cut you off. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because I think when I I first started reselling, I I found a lot of joy in like having my friends like try on vintage outfits that I put together and like be my models. And then I just, I don't know. I just, I even love like doing like a flat lay and like laying out different stuff together and kind of like style and outfit. But when it's something where I'm like, ah, it's so hard to find people who are just willing to like model for me just anytime. It's Mm -hmm. hard to sell something that's not able to be modeled on a, a human body mm-hmm. and half the things that I would find would never fit me in a million years. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, got a real bag. Right. Got to find <laughs> but somebody. I, <laughs> I have introduced clothing though, like back into my shop. I have a little clothing rack now in my uh, new booth at Picker Nose. And I've been surprised like how well it has done. Now I'm like, well, shit, I need to start looking at the clothing <laughs> rocks again. And I'm like, damn, this takes way more time than just like scanning a, a rack of home goods. Well, and <laughs> now too, because you can hang it up and you're known for the clothing. You don't necessarily have to mm-hmm. photograph it. Yeah, just be like, that too. And I don't have to measure it and all that. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember we've talked about it before, but I remember the first time I saw like P2P, I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, and then when I took my first flat lay measurements, I was like, oh, this is game changing. Yeah. (laughs) Game changing. Now when I see something, I'm like, yep, that'll do. That'll do, pig. Let's get it. I just bought a moo-moo the other day from Riley. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. It looks like fake cross-stitch flowers. Oh, cool. Big fan. From Darling Diddy's, Riley? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love her. Mm -hmm. All her stuff, I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to live in your world. Right? Right? Every time she goes to an estate sale, I'm like, damn it, Riley, stop it. She's got some luck, man. But you have lots of, you guys have very, (laughs) not like similar aesthetics, but similar in the decades you guys are choosing Mm -hmm. to curate. Yeah. And I, cause I love, like, when I was reading through your question, I was like looking over the things that you collect and I was like, check mushrooms, owls, cruel rocks. Also, <laughs> okay, Bicel Halloween. I always knew what it was, but not until we started the show. And now it's. Wait a minute. What is I've that? been like looking at your little skeleton guy this whole time. Like, when is, when are we going to talk about that? <laughs> so Jill found these for me, for the listeners at home. I don't think I've talked about these on the show. So there's. My witch. Oh my god, yes. I'll have to take a picture of these. So it's a witch, a um, <laughs> mechanical or like, what are they called when they're like T-pinned? You can move them. 
Is it mechanical? Mechanic. I don't fucking know. Articulated. Animatronic. Animatronic. <laughs> haunted. So there's a witch holding a black cat and she's got those great like 70s, like the teal and orange. And then there's also this like mechanical cat that his legs swing. He's wearing a bow tie and a jacket. Very dapper. And then my favorite is this. It's oh one my of gosh. my favorites. I don't even think I've ever seen these ones before. These are awesome. Yeah, I got those. And then I got some vintage Easter. Mm-hmm. Another friend. Oh, cool. Which that's what I find for Jill. Easter and Christmas. It's true. Either. And so she found me those. And then the two skeletons. I have one there. And then another one in the office. Because I um, Halloween's a four season thing in my house. <laughs> yeah. So... Like my Scentsy warmer is a pumpkin. So I'm not trying to hide it from anybody. But yeah, those were like, um, I've always collected vintage Halloween and things like that. Is there something you've discovered since reselling that is like a recent favorite for you to collect? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like the first thing that comes to mind, I don't necessarily necessarily collect it, but I've been seeing like so many people talking about fairy lamps or like yeah. glass. I feel like glass is coming back and I'm like what mm-hmm. all these like years I just like passed that on by <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't know I feel like I my collections are so random because I just kind of like when I see something I like it so <laughs> and I know and that's like what I want I don't feel like I typically go with trends a whole lot in my own personal collections more so with stuff that I resell but I guess one thing that I have just recently gotten more into it interested in and like noticing more is paint by numbers and ever since I listened to your episode about it and like hearing the history of them I was like holy shit now I can never <laughs> sell these paint by numbers I bought like, open it- up on my wall and I'm like okay isn't <laughs> so it now a- that's something I always look for mm-hmm. it's a real this show is a real problem for us yeah yeah <laughs> I felt like when we started the show Jill and I were concrete in what we knew about vintage yeah so sure of it and then now, like, another one that I had never seen or heard of is, like, the terrariums, the tulip terrariums. Yeah. And there well, was- I don't even know if that's what it's called. I'm just, like, it looks like a tulip table. Mm-hmm. And then it's a terrarium. And I've seen... Um, what's her those, face? Like, Shermie. Uh, there you go. Oh. That would be, like, if I saw that out in the wild, I would probably die like that's one of my like ultimate bucket list finds <laughs> so cool. i missed out on one um there was this random estate sale mm-hmm. run by the daughter and it was a wall pocket terrarium oh cool i was so mad so mm-hmm. mad when i missed out on that because it was like okay well sorry <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be i know i have to remember that but sometimes it's a real bummer yeah it doesn't help the pit in your stomach <laughs> And then I'm always wondering, I'm like, who did that go to? Like, do they know what that is? That's my biggest thing. I know. I always look at everybody's back. Like, if we're at an estate sale, I look at everybody around me, what they're getting. And I'm like, son of a bitch, where was that? Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I'll be like, ooh, you don't deserve that. I already know you're not going to treat that well. I should take it from you. Well, and there's this new thing I've discovered that's like reseller radar when you're out. And like, I'll like... It's like, you know, you see like somebody that's just buying stuff for their house and then you see somebody with a cart full of vintage and you're just like squaring up. You're like, I see you. Do you see me? (laughs) 
Yeah, that you found that. Oh, another thing I was going to say. One of the other things I've noticed coming back that my mom collected growing up was like Melmac. Oh, like yeah. The plastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really hope it's not super valuable or my mom's going to be so sad. She's going to be really upset. <laughs> she had such a big collection of it growing up. Really? That is cool. I've had some of it in my shop and it was like kind of rougher like where some of it had like scratches or something. So I just was like, okay, I'll, I'll mark it down like r- pretty low. Cause I just was like trying to make room and it sold so fast. And then I was like, crap, I probably should have like looked up that a little bit more. <laughs> but, <that>. hey, oh, <laughs> well, mm-hmm. more I things list- to hoard. <laughs> yeah, I listed something once and I had like eight messages and I was like, Oops. oh, that's awesome. You're like, Oops. I'm not selling it at this moment. <laughs> Actually, just kidding. This, my toddler made this entire listing with all of the information. That was my fault. That was my bad. Is what? there, are there, we, always, we sometimes ask this, do you have any like stuff you won't buy, like vintage pet peeves or things like that that come to mind? You know, I don't really buy much like a colored gloss and stuff just because I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I am so klutzy and I break stuff like half the time that I'm out like digging through my inventory or like moving stuff around in my booth. So I kind of like try to steer clear about from that unless it's like a swung vase or I love like uh vintage decanter or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I guess though I like the whole fairy lamps thing, like I wouldn't even know to typically even look through the glass up until people were like posting about those this last year and those blowing up. Yeah, but, that and uranium glass. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I love your uranium glass you have back there. That's Thank so cool. You. It's hard to see on this light with the <laughs> no, camera. It's like shiny. It looks much <laughs> better in person. All of that I've found within the last under a year. All because of this show. Since starting the podcast. Since starting the podcast, <laughs> my house is no longer big enough. I have gotten much better. There are things that used to be kind of like free for all. Like it was like if I saw it and it was old, it didn't matter the shape mm-hmm. it was in. I brought it home. And now I walk away from a lot more stuff than I bring home. Yeah. And then if I'm, I guess like what? Okay. This is always a good vintage tip of the week. What are some of like your checklists when you're picking something to resell? What do you do? Um, I always like try to just look at the condition overall. Um, I feel like, and this is even something that I'm just like learning now is to really just double check everything because I felt like, because I actually quit my corporate job the end of last year. So I've been doing this full time for about a little over six months now. Nice. And I feel like when I first quit my job, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I can thrift full time. Not even like I can go thrifting any, any time of the week I want. And then I ended up with a garage full of stuff (laughs) (laughs) now i'm like even this last week i've been like spending this whole last week trying to like organize inventory and go through it and i'm just like why did i buy this like it has a crack in it or i missed this so i i'm definitely trying to be like of course looking at the condition and if it's something that i feel is unique and if the price is right so like for instance today at goodwill i saw a really cute like vintage 70s like tea canister which they had priced kind of high for a goodwill and it had a chip in it so i'm like okay no i'm not gonna get that normally i probably would have just because i loved it like but i'm like no because it has a chip in it and the likelihood of this actually getting to my booth before i break it or chip it more (laughs) is Mm -hmm. rare (laughs) 
I feel that. As long as it doesn't have damage or I smell anything that's fabric or (laughs) furniture. (laughs) But kind of the basics. I feel like I don't have like a manual where I'm like, okay, I can only get this, this, and this. And because it's selling well, I feel like I just kind of pick up things that I really love myself and I could see it in someone's home. Not necessarily mine, but I always find myself wanting to keep like 50% of the damn things that I <laughs> sort. So that's also why maybe my garage is filled and I'm like, oh yeah, but this is a, a keep box. And I like try to like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's tone it down. I don't need to keep this. <laughs> Yeah, that is, it's a huge issue because also it's like, even though like the stuff you're finding, most of it's not super mm-hmm. rare, right? When yeah. you do find it in good condition, you're like, shit, this is in. I I, well, yeah, that's what I was going through because I had, I had collected all like that vintage glass and teacups and stuff like that for a bridal shower I was hosting and now I don't mm-hmm. need it all, but like half of it, I'm like, ooh, but I kind of want to keep it. And then my husband's like, yeah. well, where are you going to put it? I'm like. Well, I don't know, but it's super pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have the memories of collecting it for that event. Yeah. And- <laughs> it's like, yeah. We could always keep some of it here, too. For I mean, we might have to. We could always do that. <laughs> um, if you do pick up glassware, what are things that you go for? Yeah. So I do like some of like the depression glass. I think that because it reminds me of my mom a lot when my... When I was thrifting with my mom growing up, I remember she would kind of gravitate towards like carnival glass or like the depression glass, like candy dishes, stuff like that. So like if I find one of those that's in good condition, I would probably pick it up. But for different glassware, like I love barware and I love like drinking glasses and cups, coffee mugs. I have like a huge vintage coffee mug collection. But I guess when it comes to like like before like say for instance fairy lamps becoming popular i would have saw that and thought like oh god that just looks like something like that's gonna collect dust in a grandma's china cabinet you know (laughs) i didn't necessarily like uh, gravitate towards those but i love i've recently like started um kind of a little collection of like swung vases which I guess that is going back to your earlier question like what's something that I've been picking up because of popularity and it's like I've always seen those I've always thought they were they looked really cool but I just never I don't know I just never really thought much about them and now that I'm like oh yeah people collect these and these look really cute when they style them in like a rainbow or whatever mm-hmm. I'm like, now I want one yeah I bought <laughs> A, there was an auction in town and they had a set of like, it was like six or seven. Is there like seven up there? There's seven. It was like seven swung vases, right? And they were like up on, you know, like some kitchens have like the tall ceilings with those like cut-ins, right? Modern mm-hmm. kitchens. They were all up there. And in the pictures, they looked like regular size swung vases. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like the 12 to 18 inch, right? Okay. And so I was like, okay. So I bid on them and like nobody else was bidding on them. Nobody. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I think I'll go to like 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And the bidding stopped at 40. And so I went, I went to the sale. I took my friend with me. Thank God I took my tall friend. 
because they were on that top shelf and we walk in and one of them is almost three feet tall oh my god it's like the like almost some people call it the umbrella holder but it's not an umbrella holder it's the big one and they're all orange and red (sighs) and i was just like i just like (laughs) looked at her and i was like one went in my son's car seat I had blankets in my car and foam. Like the big bastard went in a five point harness. And I was like, are you good? You comfy? But that was, it was like an instant collection because I had two swung bases previously. Three. I had had a uranium glass one, a light pink depression glass, and then a red one that my grandma gave to me when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And I had the same intention of like getting a rainbow of swung bases. Didn't know that I was going to find one whole corner of the rainbow that's so cool i had a friend that i actually met through having my shop and she (laughs) like was messaging me on uh instagram and she's like what is your phone number like this is a vintage emergency and i'm like (laughs) what is going on and she's like i just stumbled upon this garage sale and it's filled with like mid-century and they're letting people go in the house and oh my god and like she gave me the address and it's like half a mile away from me like in my neighborhood and I go there and it was insane it was like a lady had passed away and her daughter was stuck with paying the rent on her house or her daughter's just trying to like sell everything get it all out of there as quickly as they could and her mom was like a mid-century collectibles hoarder so like I went into this house and like the kitchen counter is just filled with swung vases and I got like a an empoli is that what it's called the decanter uh-huh. kind of like a bikini I, bottle yeah, with yeah, decanters yeah. and I like that was the first thing I like walked towards and I was like how much are you wanting for these because like nothing was marked oh, too she like so didn't have anything priced and I'm like how much were you wanting for these she's like oh I'll do ten dollars each I'm like okay and then I like started grabbing like seven of them and i was like okay i I need to i need to slow down because there was some there was more but i'm like oh i can't i can't take it all but it was incredible like at every nook and cranny of this house there was stuff they she even had like in her entertainment center uranium glass with a black light like on display and it just is like oh man it it's so like for me, estate sales are so hard because I'm like, God, I love going to them. And it's so interesting, like seeing people's collections and just knowing where it's coming from and knowing that people really love their items. And I know that I'm going to give them a good home, but it's just like also like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I, of course, me being dumb, I'm like, like is the, I thought it was her house because she's like walking around showing everyone stuff like I didn't realize it was her mother who had passed but then she like got to talking to me and then she I could tell she was just so stressed and I'm like don't worry like I have a lot of friends that are gonna like this so, like, <laughs> I, like, start messaging my friends at, at the antique mall like you guys gotta go to this sale help this girl out but it was oh, are it you was sure crazy. that you aren't me and I and we're not living <laughs> oh, in separate dimensions because I have said that exact same line within the last like three weeks I'm like they're like I don't oh know what God. to do with all this stuff I'm like I know lots of people I'll have like lots of people here to buy stuff <laughs> I know we're still waiting on the one guy to get oh, back to us there was a sale that I stumbled upon with my friend Melissa and it was on Facebook they only had it on Facebook oh, and wow. It said estate sale, no pictures. 
Okay. So it's, she's like, she's like, don't get your hopes up. You always get your fucking hopes up. And yeah. you're devastated. And I was like, I know. So we went and had some mimosas and then we went to the estate sale. Then we're walking up the driveway and it's just, uh, it's a time capsule hoarder house filled to the gills. Oh my God, that's Nothing so cool. newer than probably 83. And so we go in and we instantly both get like a, that adrenaline hit, right? When you hit like uh-huh. a honey hole. The mimosas were kicking in at that point. Yeah. And the house, it was also like 80 some degrees. So the house was like 70. <laughs> Oh my God. I am a literal puddle of a person. <laughs> and there's no baskets. There's no, nothing is priced. Nothing is sorted. It is a free for all. Oh and so I just like dive into this bedroom <laughs> and it's just boxes and I'm digging and moving and digging and moving. And I have amassed this pile and I just look like a honey badger. <laughs> just like, this is my stuff. Don't touch it. And then, because I carry like a little, I keep this like pop up basket in my car. And it was full. <laughs> and then Melissa was like, I'm going to go dump this on outside. And I was like, okay. So I left with her and we started to make this pile. But they only did it for a little while and we had somewhere to be. And I said to them like, hey, there's still a lot of stuff in this house. If you guys want to move more stuff, like let me know. And I gave my information and then I messaged them after. And we still haven't heard anything. Oh my and God. because nothing was priced, there's so much stuff that I left behind because I was, mm-hmm. I had, we had $300 worth of stuff. In vintage clothing alone, we had $500 in clothing. And, oh, my gosh. But it was just like, that was like, speaking of estate sales, we're going to get into the walkthrough here soon. But that was one of the yeah. ones where you wish every house is like that. Like the house you were talking about is just like. Yeah. Well, and it's those ones, too, where they don't post any pictures and you're like on the fence and you're right. like, I don't know if I should go or not. But I have the worst case of FOMO. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> VOMO, vintage the- of missing out. <laughs> You like get in there and it's like tunnel vision. You're like, oh fuck. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> uh-huh. and then I'm like, okay, I gotta make sure nobody's like on my on my tail here. I gotta make sure that I'm I'm like watching, grabbing what I want and I have my eye on. But it's like when you're in a like that situation, you're like, Holy shit, I just want everything and I can't hold this all. Well yes. there was these two ladies that started kind of yelling at each other because like people there was nobody running it, like it was just chaos, right? And there was only like probably eight people in the entire house, but it was like a 1500 square foot house. And oh, yeah. so there's piles everywhere that just look like the piles of stuff that's everywhere. Like you, yeah. there's no like flags on anything. <laughs> so this one lady starts digging through somebody else's pile and this lady comes flying into the bedroom and at the top of her lungs, she goes, that's my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. And then the other lady, it was the, from the people that we, the Voldemort, yeah. please, okay. So she's like, um, I was, well, it's not marked and I was going through it and blah 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 and she goes that's my stuff and she's like you don't have to be mean to me and they're like going and i'm just standing there holding like a mid-century lamp and i just like i'm frozen i'm like oh, oh and then i'm God. like there's there's lots of stuff for everybody like everybody's very excited <laughs> to find things and the one lady just looks at me and i was like maybe start a pile outside instead of in the middle of all the other fucking piles <laughs> You're like, here's oh the thing. God. We know like some people you like both carry. are wrong in this situation. And I'm uncomfortable and hot <laughs> and sweaty. This is my <laughs> least favorite environment to be in. I'm usually not the nicest one. <laughs> Me, I'd just be like, if I saw that, I'd probably be like, okay, duck into another room. <laughs> so just hid behind a box. <laughs> just like, like, okay, avoid those crazy ladies. I was in the corner and they were by the door. <laughs> I was this lady just, had like, made her move. pile by the door. So where it's like, put the pile in the living room. So you're all standing there. I'd been like, yeah, stop, 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 time out. I got to get out. I should carry a spray <laughs> bottle in my coat like a cat and just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Keep it up and I'll make you wait in the car. Your own car. <laughs> That's so funny. Start with me. 
Um, before Man, we, oh, go ahead, babe. I was just gonna say, estate sales are just like their own, oh, whole other ballpark. Like honestly, for the longest time, I didn't even go to estate sales. I just went to uh, thrifting and like garage sales, but not like official estate sales. And then the first apartment I ever lived in was an old house turned into five different apartments. And I lived in the attic at the time. And there was a first floor apartment that was like the biggest apartment in the building. And it had like stained glass windows. And this old man had lived there for decades. And then he ended up passing away. And my landlord was having an estate sale. And that was my first time ever like going into an estate sale. And I ended up moving into that apartment. (laughs) (laughs) So that like, with so his stuff. Like, I'll just don't keep all this. the stuff. <laughs> Please don't. Just leave. <laughs> yeah. It was like, not only did I get your microwave, but I got your apartment. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably quite, that's my favorite estate sale scenario I think I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, no, keep the bedroom set where it's at. I'm at, I know I move in next week. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was actually a really cool experience because once I was moving into it because she obviously wasn't expecting him to pass away and he didn't have any family um, that was still surviving. He was actually had immigrated to the United States, lived here for years, but it was just him and his wife and his wife had passed away a few years prior. Um, So when I was moving in, my landlord still hadn't cleared everything out. So like I found stuff in the closets, like random little like vintage knickknacks and like, I even still have this like vintage Samsonite cosmetic case that was left in the closet. And then I actually ended up getting the garage of the house too, because that was like his garage for all those years too. And that was just filled with stuff. And I got like vintage, like apothecary bottles that I still have. And I actually got to go into the garage like after um the owners of like a really popular um vintage store in Des Moines it's called Funky Finds and my uh landlord was actually like best friends with them or friends with them they owned Funky Finds so I remember like them coming in and they're loading their trucks full of stuff out of the garage and I'm like man I'm not gonna get anything cool left and then I go in there I'm like what the hell there's like still so much cool stuff in there that they just like left behind and that oh was like gosh. my the best introduction to estate sales for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're gonna chase that high forever now. Yeah, like okay. you're just on that on that run. Before we yeah. get into today's estate sale, where can mm-hmm. our listeners find all your goodies, both in town and online? Yes, so I'm most active on my Instagram, and it's just Bungalow by Design. That's my shop name. Um, and then on there, I have links to even my. Um, my personal Instagram. I have an Instagram for my house too. And I am on Etsy as well. And I'm hoping to finally get some new stuff on there. I've been kind of neglecting my online (laughs) presence with focusing on my booth, but Mm -hmm. soon (laughs) I'll have a bunch of stuff. I'm going through my inventory now and have several boxes specifically for Etsy. So you can find me there. And of course, like every episode, we will have all of her links listed on our website, themothballprophecies.com, and her accounts tagged on our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies Original. And now it's time for Jill's favorite part of the show. I hate this part. Mm-hmm. She got cocky <laughs> earlier. I did, and it bit me in the too ass. Too soon. She got way too comfy. 
So <laughs> for those of you that are new to the show, every week we do an estate sale walkthrough and every estate sale walkthrough is curated and made to the guests' favorite things. The scenarios are made up, the areas are made up, but the vintage is very, very real and can be found online most of the time. I Google a lot of it. And the only catch is you have to find your own loophole and you can only pick <laughs> one of the things per scenario. Are we ready? I'm, right. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. On today's estate sale, we are in your hometown of Des Moines and we're standing in line for a complete home estate sale. Everything is for sale because this sweet home is unfortunately marked for demolition. So oh nothing God. is off limits. There you go. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Walking up the front steps, we notice sale signs on the outdoor perennials. Taking <laughs> stock on what's for sale, we spy three distinctive plants. One is a beautiful peach and pink climbing rose. The next is a large bunch of dark purple irises. And the last is a collection of lilies varying in colors. Which do you choose? <laughs> Go with the iris. Oh, what about you? I'm going with the climbing roses. That sounds awesome. I, am <laughs> I also. love peach and pink. And we, we're actually, I'm actually like thinking about planting something like climbing roses or something that can climb so I can make kind of a privacy wall mm -hmm. of some sorts in our backyard. So that'd be my pick. <laughs> Sorry, Velociraptor break. I think he's done. <laughs> Are they going in circles? Ho-downing? What's going on up there? I am going to also pick the climbing rose um, because for the same reason, I have some areas that I need to privacy. So yeah, I love, I've asked for plants for sale at estate sales before. I always I get the pot. I of that. I need to do that. I always go, is any, are they moving? Is any of the perennials for sale? Like, could I split some? Most people are like, uh, I don't give a fuck. Stop asking me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, I need to do that next time. <laughs> there you go. There's your second vintage tip of the week. Ask for yeah. the plants. Yeah. Damn it. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. Yeah. All right. Moving into the house now, we are greeted by a plethora of vintage household implements. One of the implements is a large vintage or antique milking bucket with copper handles, a collection of vintage dustpans, or a collection of cast iron sprinklers that are in the shapes of different woodland creatures. What those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, hands down. <laughs> I already have cast iron sprinklers, thanks to my father. So I am going to go with my second favorite love, the large milking bucket. Because you can never have too many buckets. I was going to say, what are you going to do with it? Plant something in it. Okay. Carry produce yeah. in it. Okay, fine. Don't. <laughs> Sorry. What am I not going to do with it? I know. Now I need to see your cast iron sprinklers. I'm like, I don't even know what these are, but I you have... sold me at Woodland Creatures. <laughs> My, I'm not sure if they're cast iron, but they're cast. Like one of them is cast okay. iron. The other one is more like cast, like concrete. Okay. So I have one, it's a bullfrog and the back, oh, it's back is a sprinkler. And it covers like 30 square feet. Wow. Ooh, it has some, some chutzpah. And then the other one is a bunny with a bath, a pot upside down on his back. My dad Aww. brought them back for me from Arizona. Good job, dad. Good job, yeah. dad. They just make watering so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I will send you pictures. I'll post them too. So the yeah. last 
room on the stop is the living room, of course, and it's filled with all sorts of treasure. There are, there is a cruel mushroom pillow, a hanging starburst shelf, or 70s anthropomorphic chalkware flowers. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) She always gets you on one of them. them. I move them around. I'm going to go with the shelf. (gasps) Oh, surprise. I I I'm with you there. I actually think I would choose the shelf and I don't know. I mean, man. So the only, I would normally choose anything mushrooms. Uh Damn you. (laughs) I had to get it in there somewhere. (laughs) So we live in a 1957 brick ranch. We just bought last year and we have a bar in our basement and I'm like, we need a shelf behind our bar. And that's literally like, I should have added that to my bucket list list for you, but you figured it out somehow. I got it. <laughs> my brain ESPN picked it up. <laughs> I am going to go with the anthropomorphic chalkware flowers because they're oh. what, Jill? Stupid idiots. I was like, flowers? <laughs> Therefore, they're what? Flowers. They are ch- They anthrop- are stupid little idiots. Stupid little idiots. Anthropomorphic <laughs> stuff is my new found. It is. I Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is something I think that I like, picked up from listening to you guys too and sorry <laughs> i just feel like we should apologize with so every episode wall pocket ones uh-huh <laughs> oh yeah those are cute i found a really cute wall pocket chalkware strawberry it doesn't have a face yeah uh, oh my god it's so cute that's what i reserve my kitchen gallery wall for is the random cutie shit that i find yes and that's what i have in my stuff. kitchen I actually like posted a little tour of it on my Instagram stories today. (laughs) That's when I messaged Jill. I saw a picture of you in the garden in that. And I went, cause we have like, you know, so you know the trivets that you have hanging up. I have two in my kitchen. Um, Yes. You you two are the same. Yeah. I have, I should have posted my other one. So I have, I have that one that I posted today. It says bless this mess. Mm -hmm. And then I have other ones. I have two of them and they both say, uh, Kissing don't last, cooking do. And I'm like, I fucking love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. I, love that. I like even had one of them listed in my Etsy because I'm like, man, I already have one of these. I don't need another one that says the same thing. And it was up for maybe like two weeks. And I was like, no, I, I definitely need to have these hung next to each other. Yeah, sorry, this has to say personal to. collection. There's a reason they haven't sold. Well, thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with us. This was an absolute delight. Yes, this is awesome. And I just love what you're doing, your story. This is so cool for the vintage community. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for, first of all, listening to the show and being with us today and sharing your story on the show. We are forever grateful to the people that choose to sit down with us so thank you thank you thank you it's truly an honor thank you thank you to hear even more about the things we cover today in jerica's episode be sure to stick around for this week's curio corner jerica 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 uh can we just say like it was like talking to you on (laughs) zoom while sitting next to you in the same room I was really confused most of the interview on who yeah. was Jerick and who was Sam. I was like, I know, I think I said it on the episode when we were 
getting because we had two interviews that day and I was looking her up a little bit before and I saw her personal Instagram and I like saw it and I was like wait a minute is she my actual twin like do you need to have a conversation with your mom probably or my dad hey dad do you ever go back to this place ever (laughs) but I was so excited we had been coordinating her interview for a little bit and she the weekend we were originally supposed to interview she got really sick and she lost her voice Yes. which I've been there. It's very yes. stressful. And it's yeah. Like you try to like, okay, if I don't talk for very long, mm. longer. and she, you could tell she was just feeling so bad. And, yeah. like, and she like, had to reschedule a couple times and we're just like, it's fine. And then when she got back to like, I'm better, let's do it. We're like, let's do it. And we set it up really quickly. And I was so excited. It was, it was nice to have the two interviews that day and two very different interviews and have, it was nice to sit down and laugh and have fun and just talk about like the nitty gritties of vintage and her collection. And I was, I've been thinking often about this, like the further we get into the show, how big like the next swing of vintage is going to be because it's going to be like 60s 70s and then in another 15 years heavy probably into the 80s i know and that being said it's like okay what 80s things (laughs) do we think it's gonna be popular because i'm like i don't remember i remember growing up thinking i don't want any of this crap like Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I constantly walk around going like when I open a box of decor and I go, should I keep this fucking original box to make some vintage heart sing of new old stock in original packaging? Yeah, I know. And that's it's so funny, too, because you think you look at the stuff that you own now that you bought new mm-hmm. and it's like, what's going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's not going to be vintage and collectible is um, those written pottery. Yeah. No, Ray Dunn is probably, if Ray Dunn becomes a collectible in 40 years, I'm leaving the country. (laughs) I'm leaving. I posted that TikTok today about the chick that like goes home and everything in her house is written on. And I just, and Spellcheck, I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show. So Spellcheck listens obviously every week. And for a present, she got me miniature coffee things. So she got me a mini tiny starbucks cup that's so cute it's like a half an inch tall and then she got me a miniature ray dunn coffee cup this is coffee and on the inside of it she wrote a teeny tiny note that says since you hate ray dunn but love miniatures like something like that like she trolled me for (laughs) a present did she did she did and when I walk past that little tiny ray dunn it makes laugh. plus there's this girl on tiktok that does like swear words of Ray Dunn and oh. like plants them in like Marshalls and TJ Maxx and Home Goods, and they'll say like fuck and shit or wap like all that stuff and she puts it in with the regular Ray Dunn that is genius it is really sticking it to the ceramic pottery that is I, gotta, I know we're gonna look this up and see who the fuck is Ray Dunn isn't she like the pioneer lady girl oh person? no that's Ray Drummond oh Oh, well, then I don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> One of the Google results is, <laughs> what is so special about Ray Dunn pottery? <laughs> Which, okay, let me just say, if you love Ray Dunn, that is so that wonderful is your for thing. you. We love that you love that. I love that, but don't bring it into my house. Don't you dare bring a chip and dip bowl I that just, says chip I, and dip. 
I just don't like being told what I'm supposed to do with a dish. I know. It's like this thing seems in like kitchens. They like kitchen, bathroom, living room. I, <laughs> okay. There's one. Okay. It's a sampling of Ray Dunn words. And it's in its own Ray Dunn font, which is like the comic sans of home decor. Okay. Yeah. It says mom, hubby, wifey, gobble, which I'm assuming is for Thanksgiving. Uh, wake up, rise and shine. Uh, mama bear. Blech. World's best teacher, plant lady. Mom's the boss. Love is love. Okay, this just tells me to everybody listening, if you have an idea, fucking go after it. Yeah. Because this woman was like, I'm going to just put coffee on this coffee mug Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And it is. That shit is selling. Anyways, you know, another thing that people probably didn't think was going to be as popular as it is now. Um, and we've talked about it in a couple of different episodes, and I've collected some of it. You've got some of it, and it's swung glass vases. And we've spoke about it. I mean, we talked about it in Shermie's we've episode. About it. So, and I honestly did not even know it was vintage. Oh, yeah. Well, I, we, the first yeah. episode we talked about it was Billy's, Billy Billy B, because mm-hmm. I had the one that my grandmother gave me that I've almost donated a million times. <laughs> Thank God you didn't. I know. So um, these are coming from a couple of different articles. Um, this one is from Jean Vier Road um, at WordPress.com. And their, uh, their article is explaining the differences between a stretch vase and a swung vase. Um, stretch vases are often iridescent and they have a distinctive onion skin appearance. And that's because of the mineral salt that's applied on the outside. Similar to another favorite is carnival glass, right? Has the mineral salts and that causes this iridescence to stretch and crinkle. They're different from carnival glass, which is first pressed and then crimped and ruffled and flared. Right. But the mineral is what's the same. So those Mm -hmm. are definitely, they look more antique or vintage than a swung vase they have they're um more shaped into like a tulip shape or different things like that whereas swung vases they were created so a glass boulder glass blower would hold a gather on the end of the blowpipe and then using a tool they would swing the molten glass in a circle to elongate it. Some people call them sling vases, but that's not correct. They're swung vases. So they would be spun around, right? And that centrifugal force would be pulling the glass one way. Right. And then they would finish the top in different ways. So they would either pull some extra bits of it. They would crimp it. They would do all those different things that you've seen in swung glass. Um, Some of the companies that are best known for this type of glasswork, there's Viking, Ellie Smith, Fenton, Tiffin, Fostoria, and Pilgrim. And we're going to do a deep dive episode on these glass companies over on the Patreon. I'm excited to dive into those with you and Spellcheck to figure out where all those companies existed. Because we just, we always just like mention the names, but we don't really like go into it. Yeah. So many of these, they were sold with uh, paper or foil labels instead of being engraved like some glasswork is engraved or stamped um many other companies of course started making swung bases when they saw the popularity that these companies has created um but that makes it a challenge to identify but here are some things that can help in your identification so Bryce Higby, it's one of the oldest companies that produced these swung vases. And the oldest pattern goes back to 1889. 
Whoa. And each face is very tall and all of them were hand finished. So none of them are exactly alike. Some of them have a classic B mark while others may not. And they're 10, like this one that it's showing here is clear and tall with kind of a flat stopper base. Now Viking used foil stickers, but as we know, most of those are probably gone now, right? Uh Um, And it was known for brightly colored vases. So in 1951, they produced these colors, crystal, ruby, evergreen, amber, black or ebony, cobalt blue and colonial blue. Um, Viking also introduced the extremely popular epic six petal line that was made from 1956 to 1975. It was a free form design featuring six sides or petals on each piece. And it began with 14 pieces in amber, amethyst, charcoal, crystal, and olive green. But the line grew to more than 50 pieces and introduced blue unique. It's a sort of cross between cobalt and royal blue. And then on replacements.com, this petal pull is, I'm going to show Jill this. Obviously, you guys can't see this. Oh, yeah. So it's like the fluted candy dishes, right, that look like a flower petal that's been opened Mm -hmm. up. Um, Another company that we have all heard of and most people are familiar with the name is Fenton. They Mm -hmm. also had swung vases. um, And they can often be recognized because no Fenton pieces have a pontille mark on the bottom. Now, if you remember from Billy's episode, the pontille mark is where it's attached to the glass blower's rod right and they snap it off so it'll have that round shape on the bottom that's kind of rough and uneven um fenton used snap rings instead of punty rods to hold the glass hot tip if a vase is true carnival glass suspect fenton because they pretty much they introduced carnival glass in 1907 as uh, this is in quotes poor man's tiffany under the iridale name so it's going to have that carnival glass finish on that Right. Well, most of these song vases are pretty affordable. Some of them are definitely very expensive. Um, and that's because they made a lot of these at one time. And there was another article that listed some more of the um, interesting sizes and features of swung vases. This is from Mid to Mod Blogspot. Um, and it goes into mention the names of the companies that made them, but it ranges the heights on them. So they generally ranged in height from seven inch bud vase to the giant architectural floor versions that were sometimes over 40 inches tall. And I've seen those incorrectly labeled on eBay as like umbrella stands. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're, I don't think they were ever meant to be umbrella stands. I could be wrong. Um, these were both hand blown and hand swung to lengthen. And this sort of talks about the opening was hand tooled and heat polished smooth. So that's why it's not rough and doesn't look like it's been put into a mold. They were, and, um, most swung bases were pressed into a mold of existing glasswork or depression like molds. And that's why the base of some swung bases will be familiar to other popular glass patterns of the time. Um, Let's see here. This had some other interesting names for the colors. There was Amberina, right, which we all know, which right. is orange, red, fading to yellow, also called persimmon. Um, blue and opaque orange usually referred to as bittersweet. Huh. Yes. However, the vases can also be found in peach, amethyst, pale yellow, pale aqua, and even multicolored art glass versions of the vase. With the exception of the very large pieces, most iconic mid-century vases were produced in large quantities. So they were easy to find. And we've seen them with uranium glass. We've seen them with um, the amberina. 
We've seen it in Hobnail. We've seen it in, and it's interesting to look through this and kind of see which base kind of belongs to each manufacturer. And I think, like I was talking before we started recording, I think most of the swung glass that I have is Ellie Smith, but I'm going to have to look a little deeper now that I know those things. Yeah, because if you went off the color, I, mean, I would have guessed Ellie Smith yeah. on a couple of them for sure. The only one that probably is a little different and is maybe Fenton is that light pink one that I have in the uranium glass one and the mm-hmm. one my grandmother gave me. Yeah. Yeah. What a, it's was something that has never, it was never really on my radar as something to collect. And now that I have it, I don't, I bought all of the swung bases at an auction with the intention of selling some of them. And I love how they look in my living room. And I, well, that and they are way bigger than you thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I showed up at that auction, I thought I was picking up the, you know, seven inch to 20 inch. <laughs> and there's at least two 40 inch pieces. And I went, I'm not shipping that. Somebody's going to have yeah. to drive and come get it. We'll have to crate that when <laughs> like. <laughs> You're going to need a dolly to load this one off the truck. She's a big yeah. bitch. She's a, she's a big bitch. Yeah. But that was, Treat you know. Care. I know. My goal is though, I want to find some swung base like in a thrift store. Like I'd love to just like walk in and see it on a shelf that nobody else had saw. I know. I do now. That is one of the things they do look for when I go to thrift stores or even. And here's the thing. It's like, I don't even really like, I don't honestly collect them, but I know people who do collect them. Mm-hmm. And so don't worry, people. I'm on the lookout for you. If I find it, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the other things that um, Jerrica is very into is wicker, which wicker is one of those things that is making a swing up. Yes. Yeah. And I've seen some people in our area try to sell it for like they live in Riley's area. I know. And I'm like, oh, we're not in California, guys. It's different here. Mm-hmm. I mean, good on you if you get that price, but I don't think you're ever going to get that price. I don't think it's happening. Which I would love. Those are some of the things I did have growing up with some wick. I remember, I think we had like uh, the wicker chair, mm-hmm. the big brown looking chair. And I think we had some shelves. Oh, my grandmother had a wicker chair. Well, both grandparents, my grandmother that passed away last year had always had fucking wicker. And then my grandma that I grew up with had one wicker chair in the house. Yeah. I just now, now that I look at the shelves, I'm like, oh, well, and now I need some, even <laughs> though I was like, it's hard to dust. I remember having to dust it. My interest is using an air can. Well, now we have air cans. We did back true. then. It's shitty vinyl dusters. <laughs> But there's so there's a ton of articles on wicker furniture. Um, this one um, I'm going to read is uh, from designfurnishings.com. And it's the history of rattan and wicker furniture. Uh, wicker is not a modern marvel. The wicker f- furniture history is long and storied legacy that dates back a millennium. So it began in ancient Egypt. Whoa. The first known use of wicker was in ancient Egypt, about 3000 um, BC. Archaeologists who have studied and explored the area extensively have found furniture made from reeds and swamp grasses. Most likely the materials for this furniture were found along the shores of the Nile River. Uh, So different types of furniture that were made from the earliest forms of wicker included chests, baskets, wig boxes, and chairs. Whoa. So from there, ancient Rome jumped on it 
and they uh, the use of wicker eventually became known in other parts of the world. Um, and before long, Roman Empire began using it um, as well. The Romans appreciated the simplicity and the style of wicker and furniture. Eventually, Rome Empire emperors began using wicker to create their own furniture styles. So that's probably where you got that big throne-like chair. Right. Stuff. That's what I'm assuming. Ripping off the Romans. That's what I'm assuming, guys. Um, from there, the popular popularity of wicker grew in many European countries during the 16th and 17th centuries. This growth in popularity was mainly due to sea travelers who developed an appreciation for Roman culture and wicker in particular. These explorers took the wicker with them and allowed its use to spread throughout the continent. Their travels to Southeast Asia introduced them to rattan, a similar material that was stronger and more durable than the wicker with which they were already familiar with. I didn't wicker, know they were different. I think rattan is more thicker. I think so too. Let me look. Than like the reeds and the swamp grasses, if I remember correctly. I think the rattan too can be woven more intricately. Okay, um, I found the difference. The defining okay. difference between the two is rattan is a material, whereas wicker is a style of weave. This oh, simply okay. means the physical material of the furniture is composed of is rattan, and the weave style is wicker. Thus, wicker, rattan, weave. Well, shit. Oh, see? See what we're learning today? Wow. So from there, wicker was the perfect material of Victorian England. During this era, the English were concerned with cleanliness and sanitation, since wicker was easy to clean and did not collect dust like upholstered furniture, that's a lie. <laughs> Guys, that's a straight up lie. Yes, it might be easier to clean, but that bitch definitely she collected. Dusty. She did dusty. <laughs> um, and it was the perfect choice for them to use for furniture, both inside and outside the house. Further, its simple nature combined with the flexibility allowed Victorians to use the wicker for many different styles and designs of their furniture. So finally, it makes its way to the United States before the United States were even United States. They came, uh, it came over with the pilgrims on the Mayflower. Um, the popularity of wicker in the New World did not expand, though, until about the mid-1850s. The most common form of wicker that was used in the 1800s was rattan, and it was used to hold cargo on trading ships that were headed to Asia. Wow. Um, yeah. Who knew? Wow. Um, let's see. There's a little more. Uh, during the time, Cyrus Wakefield discovered large amounts of rattan on the shipping docks in Boston. He immediately recognized the potential for its various uses. He began to use um, his own rattan importing company and had lots of materials shipped directly to the United States. Not only was it widely used to make baskets and furniture, Wakefield began designing his own line of American rattan furniture. Before long, he became the industrial leader in constructing wicker furniture and is now considered the father of American furniture or wicker furniture. It is not very often that a curio corner blows my fucking mind. I know. Well, and then it goes on to saying the, so the downfall of early American production of wicker furniture was it's time intense nature, hand weaving furniture and time consuming. So production was quite limited. So you can imagine in those times, it was like stupid expensive to get one piece of furniture because it took forever for them to make it. 
so by the late 1860s, a loom was created that sped production of the furniture by automatically weaving and installing the chair seats. Wow. The automation resulted in reduction in production costs and increase in competition between Wakefield and his competition, the Haywood Brothers. Eventually, the two companies merged to become a wicker furniture industry giant. Wow. What the hell? <laughs> Who I knew? literally had no fucking idea. I just thought that wicker happened in the 70s. Right? That's what I thought. But then, like, talking about it, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense that the Egyptians would have it and yeah. everybody else. Because how else would you make a basket? <laughs> Right. They had uh, infinite amounts of reeds and things available to weave. (laughs) Um, But so it did kind of start declining. So in the mid late uh, 20th century, by the resurgence in populated wicker, homeowners began clamoring for outdoor furniture that had an old style feel to it. And wicker furniture fit the bill. The resurgence held its ground and wicker furniture remains a main stay on porches and decks throughout the century um although so with current wicker furniture is more in tune with the lifestyles of today's family but for those who like to dine al fresco there are many choices outdoor outdoor dining sets people who like to entertain can get a lot of use from outdoor wicker seating there are even comfy shades lounge made of wicker for those who like to recline during the downtime there are so many options of wicker furniture, it's hard not to find something to like. Wow. Wicker's only, it has to be a, a, with a seat or it leaves a god-awful imprint on your butt if you're in shorts. Wicker thighs. Here's your vintage tip of the week. You need to wear capris when you're sitting on leather or wicker. Okay? Or have a blanket. Yeah. A towel. Yeah. I used to remember I would sit and like pick at the wicker and like try to unravel it, which is terrible. Oh, yeah. I was just like, where? And then now with like wicker that's made with like the plastic. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, (laughs) I don't know. Wow. It's incredible also to me that they have, uh, they machine make wicker, but not neon. Yeah. Huh. I mean, don't start doing it because it's great. But what the heck? I don't know who would have thought. Who'd have thunk? What a great curio corner this week. So I much know. knowledge. So I know. Sorry, you guys are going to start collecting swung vases and wicker now. I know. I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry because we all are collecting new things. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. That was everything we had for Jerrica's curio corner this week. It was such a wonderful episode. Be sure to head to our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies original to check all of the images that she shared with us. She truly has a wonderful eye for the vintage she finds and is also reselling. So be sure to follow her on Instagram. We will have her tagged. Um, We are so incredibly thankful for you guys. We are coming up and quickly approaching our one year anniversary as the Mothball Prophecies. We got some crazy fun stuff planned for that. Some really great Patreon gifts that are going to be going out for this one year. Um, yeah. Thank you so very much. You can see everything we post about the show on Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies Original. Please check out our website and merch store at the Mothball Prophecies 
dot com and check out our patreon the mothball prophecies over there the link tree in our bio we would like to take this time to thank our lovely patrons we absolutely adore you guys thank you so much for supporting our little show on this corner of the vintage internet we would like to thank katrina in arizona emily and crystal in nevada aaron in wisconsin rj in florida gina in south carolina Julia in Sweden, Jasmine in Kentucky, Kyla in Indiana, Javier, Shanna, Mandy, and Riley in California, Lisa, Aaron, TC Lionel, Melissa, Christina, Erica, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. A gigantic thank you to our wonderful team. Gray, you make us sound great every single week. And spell check, you make us look so good on paper. So good. So good. As always, I personally hope that you find some good shit. And I really hope you're remembering to look under the tables and in the boxes. Mm -hmm. Open those cupboards. Turn your flashlight on, bitches. (laughs) Find those hidden treasures. That's right. Okay. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks. Bye.